Welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today we have Tim Malazzo, and he's gonna—he's a co-founder and CEO of StackSource, which is a tech-enabled company that basically helps you with the financing of your commercial real estate uh, investment. Uh, StackSource has now completed over $250 million in uh, commercial financing transactions, which is amazing. And they are kind of reinventing uh, the stagnant like mortgage brokerage model. And now it's going to be everything is going to be tech enabled and more easily accessible and access that marketplace to finance your best real estate deal. So Tim, welcome to the show. Eric, thank you so much for having me on. So let's let's start a little bit before we go. I know everybody wants to talk about Stack Source right away, but let's just kind of talk a little bit about your background. I think you you came from a tech background uh, with Google and Facebook and stuff like that. So I'd like to understand like why what brought you into that? Uh, how, how did you discover that need for uh, real estate financing for investors? And then uh, kind of like how did you build the solution? Absolutely. So um, you're right. I, I worked at tech companies for several years. And the first things you'll see on my resume are actually advertising technology jobs for Google and Facebook. <laughs> and then I'm right into real estate finance. So um, I, what actually happened here, Eric, was my father was a commercial real estate broker. Um, and I grew up in the suburbs of New York City with um, stories at the dinner table about um, commercial real estate deals and, you know, negotiations and what was happening. Um, and I interned at financial services companies and at real estate companies. And I never thought that I would be a real estate professional um, because I loved technology. Uh, I was coming through college at a time where smartphones were coming out and uh, I was really interested in what was happening on the internet and internet companies were getting huge. And uh, I pursued that path of, you know, being in, in tech and advertising and, and online tech. Um, and I got back into the real estate sphere because I really saw an opportunity. I, I was connecting back in with some friends that were in the real estate industry and, and building their careers that way. And we went together to a real estate tech meetup in New York City. Okay. Um, and my eyes were opened to this, hey, this world of my dad and the commercial real estate brokerage and the world of technology, there's so much opportunity for them to come together. Yeah. Uh, technology to insert uh, and really bring a new level of simplicity to transactions, transparency, and commercial financing was like right there as this huge opportunity. It's not transparent. It's not efficient. People don't like their mortgage broker. They just have to deal with them to get the best yeah. of them. Uh, and I saw the opportunity for something better. Yeah, exactly. And often, you, yeah, your mortgage worker brings you deals and stuff like that. I said, no, I, and then they don't seem to really uh, understand what, you, what you're looking for. And then you tell them your criteria and then they bring you things that, oh yeah, this guy is going to be able to do it. You go on the call with uh, that, uh, that lender and stuff like that. I say, oh yeah, no, we need this and we need that. I mean, we just, I, that was my, one of the criteria. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And uh, so why am I talking to you? And then you kind of hang up from that point on. Yeah. It, it's not a, it's not exactly a menu of available financing options. You walk into a restaurant, you expect to get a nice menu. And when you point yeah. They, you shouldn't have to have so much effort to get, first of all, the menu to understand 
what is available on a deal. Yeah. That's, that's traditionally been a very hard process, especially for commercial assets or for portfolio loans. If you're yeah. rentals um, on a residential mortgage, exceedingly easy today. Rocket yeah. went public last year. They're worth $40 billion. Guess what? They do more loans than any other mortgage company in the, in the United States. And I believe yeah. more. Um, and they make it easy to click and get a quote. And you, you get into commercial mortgage territory and it's not only oh, yeah. get the, the menu option, you can't even get the menu itself. You don't know what loans are available unless you're talking yeah. to a guy in a suit. Uh, and that's yeah. not the way it's going to be in the future. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, the commercial space is still kind of like the old, old club uh, uh, kind of uh, environment. You know, you don't. You, a lot of these numbers are kind of in in somebody's back pockets. Uh, you know, the the commercial broker, the commercial real estate brokers, they kind of know uh, some information and stuff like that. And you kind of have to be on the in uh, in order to get in there. And it's the same with the the commercial brokerage. I mean, we've been pretty lucky with our apartment buildings, uh, with the uh, the commercial lending that we got. But again, it's because of the connections and all of that that we were able to uh, to get in and get the right deals. But yeah. but yeah, so I think it needs to be. I agree. I mean, I think it it needs to be more open and more transparent and uh, more accessible. And I think that's what Stack Source uh, does for investors. Is that right? That's absolutely it. I, there are several problems that could exist uh, for someone seeking a commercial mortgage. One, if you're new to commercial real estate, you can have a knowledge gap of how is this going to differ versus a residential mortgage that I've gotten on my other rental properties? Uh, what if I have to roll it up into a portfolio loan? So there's a knowledge gap and we try to make it really easy to understand. These are the types of financing that they're available. Um, yeah. Another problem would just be my local bank is not competitive. You know, if you have a small sphere of relationships and yeah. you're not getting the right loan through your local bank, where do you go? Are you going to call three more banks? Are you going to call 12 more banks? Are you going to call every single bank in your region to try to figure out who has the lowest rate or the best terms today? I mean, these, these quotes are very different from each other from one bank to another bank to a credit union you wouldn't have thought, had, thought of. And it's not as commoditized as a residential mortgage. There's not yeah, one yeah. that's dominated by a couple of national players. Um, and so, you know, that's another problem. When you get to, when you start getting to like a really large portfolio, you have really the problem of trying to truly maximize like your IRR on every deal because you're syndicated yeah. investors and you have to find that hot source of capital uh, in yeah. order to do your fiduciary duty to your investors. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a couple of different pain points that we've identified at different segments of the market. Uh, we do a lot of multifamily financing. We do a good amount of rental portfolio financing as, as well as other real estate yeah. classes like retail or office. Um, okay. But uh, one, one of the big problems is if, what if you're not in New York City? What if, what if you are in a tertiary market uh, in the middle of the country or, uh, and you're buying, uh, if you're trying to refinance a portfolio or if you're trying to finance the acquisition of a small multifamily property, is it really obvious who to go to and how to get the best yeah. financing quickly without burning your hours? That's, that's a yeah. real problem that we hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, so I think the best way to kind of illustrate that is kind of go through an example, uh, kind of like, so let's say I have like this, uh, I just found this 12 unit apartment building, I have it under contract, and I'm trying to figure out my, my capital stack, which is what I kind of like your name too, because you can have a stack source. And we keep talking about capital stack, where are you going to get the funds from that? 
And um, so, yeah, so walk us through kind of uh, me as an investor, like what do I need to do uh, to uh, kind of engage stack source to find the capital that I need to acquire this building? Let's say it's a, around $1 million. Sure. Um, so if you are buying uh, a property that's 12 unit multifamily um, and I, the average person actually finds us online. Uh, <laughs> we, have, we have people that find us online through one of our blog posts about how prepayment penalties work for commercial mortgages, or you know, we have these blog posts that a lot of people find, or or maybe the maybe our next borrower will hear me on the the Rat Race podcast. Yeah. Tell it's a great one, one of my favorites. Um, and so um, you're going to get to a button that says you know get a loan, request loan quotes uh, on Stacksource, yeah. and it's going to start to ask you questions about your property. What type is it? What is the address? What is the current income on that property? Those 12 units, how many of them are occupied? Um, and, and you're entering information into a portal that really you can go through this as fast or as slow. You can, if you have trouble with you know, some of the questions or some of the documentation, you can call a stack source capital advisor as well, of course. Um, but we're getting information about a deal and we're doing two things with it. First thing is the more we can find out about the deal, the more precise we can be. Out of all our hundreds of lending relationships, and we have banks and credit unions, we have national uh, portfolio lenders, we have local portfolio lenders, out of the hundreds of lending institutions that are plugged into StackSource, whittling them down to those, those most likely lenders to give you the best loan on that deal. And location matters, size matters, your track record matters, the property's finances matter. As a matter of fact, according to the algorithm that does this matching, 71 different things matter as to whether you match to that lender. Okay. Um, the second thing we do with the information is we start pre-populating uh, a debt offering memorandum. What that means is it's a fancy, well-structured, well-thought-out request for a quote that goes out to the lenders once yeah. the deal is approved on our system. Uh, there is a science to how you get the best loan quote from a lender, um, yeah. not you know, calling up your local relationship bank and saying, hey, what's the best you can do on multifamily? Uh, it's mm -hmm. actually describing your deal in the way that that bank or lender's credit committee is going to give it the most favorable response. So those mm -hmm. are the things that we do with information entered in our portal. We okay. match the right lenders. So am I going to get like a bunch of emails from all the kind of like a lending tree or something like that, where you kind of enter your information and then you get like phone, your phone rings off the hook. They haven't listened, read anything about uh, about the the loan that you want, and then they start asking you, "What's your name? What's your phone number? You called me." So is that going to be like that? Is that the same experience? No lenders get the contact info from a borrower on StackSource until Good. until the borrower accepts that lender's quote. So actually, what's going to happen okay. is you're going to get one point of contact with yeah. a source capital advisor. Um, there, there will often be one phone call with a stack source rep, especially if, you know, especially if the borrower needs guidance on, hey, what should I be asking for here? Can yeah. I get a permanent mortgage on this property or do I need a bridge loan? And there, there's often that conversation, but it's one person and it's a stack mm -hmm. source capital advisor. And then if your deal gets approved and not every deal gets approved because we're going to we're going to vet. Does this loan request make sense? Does it have a chance of getting quotes from these types of lenders or do we need to adjust it once it's approved? those lenders get a download on the information and they're going to have to quote your deal and give you a competitive quote before you ever choose whether they can get in contact with you. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that sounds very good. What kind of long, so, okay. So let's continue through the process before yeah. I go, I jump into another topic. Yeah. So now I've looked at, I've looked, let's say I have like multiple quotes that I'm interested in. So I can select more than one and kind of like go into more of the detail. So what's the next? So I just click on the portal and say, okay, this one looks good. And then this one looks good. And then, and then it takes them to the next step, which is. So, um, the next step would actually be negotiating those lenders down on okay. the borrower. So this is where the capital advisor that you've got assigned on day one is going to keep with you. They are lenders and mortgage brokers in their past lives that are now more efficient using the stack source platform. Yeah. But their business prowess is like why they work for us and their ability to negotiate those lenders down on rates, fees, and terms to make it the best for loan for the borrower is what happens next uh now that is so not- you're gonna help me negotiate with the lender we are unequivocally on the borrower's side so while wow. we're a platform that sits between lenders and borrowers we're the advocate for the borrower you give us the green light to uh to use you know the information that we've collected and to source relevant quotes we're then actually going to help you negotiate the right loan from the lenders now there wow. are some quotes and some loan programs that are not negotiable um, okay it's a million dollar multifamily loan and it's fully occupied you may actually get some you may one of the quotes that you get we would not take a lender reviewing it and submitting you'd actually get an instant quote from the freddie Mac small balance loan program on our platform and that would be available and you'd be able to change the prepayment penalty change the years of io you'd be able to choose different loan options and you're going to get an exact programmatic quote on here's your interest rate here's your max loan proceeds that yeah. one not negotiable because it's a government entity that's going to back yeah 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 automated quote if it's not an automated quote it's potentially negotiable we can work, yeah. we can work with those lenders and at the point we get to the point where the borrower has chosen their selected loan and, and we'll help with things like analysis of well hey should i take the three percent quote or should I at that 70% leverage or should I take the three and a half percent quote at 75% leverage, which is better for my deal. And there is yeah. a screen stack source portal that shows you like a comparative analysis of your okay. wow. for, uh, for different loan scenarios. Um, but that's all helping to get to the best loan possible to move forward and sign a term sheet. Yeah, that's right. Because sometimes if you're planning, depending on your exit strategy for the loan, I mean, you may want to have like, you know, no, uh, no, you know, yeah, you may have different options that you want to have. You may want to have longer terms and all of that. Right. Um, so, repayment, recourse. Yeah. There are several yeah. things that matter to an investor yeah. at this stage with their commercial mortgage. And, you know, you have some of these, you're going to need to make a decision and some trade-offs. The capital advisor can talk to you about that and then yeah. enable you to make the best decision. And there will mm-hmm. be trade-offs in commercial mortgages. It's not only about rate. There are structures. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, put into your portfolio. Uh, it's all in the terms. Yes, there, there are several terms that matter. And yeah. some of these yeah. can be for interest rate. Getting a non-recourse loan gives you peace of mind. It may also be a higher interest rate. And, you know, yeah. understanding the trade-offs is actually part of the trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's good. So, and then you, you showing actually kind of like the uh, comparison, I guess, numerical comparison about, hey, this is what's going to happen. And maybe some, you, we can then run some scenarios and say, well, if I, my exit is to sell in three years. This is what it would look like. And this is, you know, so yeah, that's, that's phenomenal because a lot of people, they kind of like, just like eyeball it and say, oh yeah, that makes sense. But 
not many people actually do the calculation to, to figure out what that looks like at, uh, at the exit point. The calculations aren't always easy. You, you may have an Excel yeah. model of how much cash flow you're expecting from the deal. Yeah. You know, we've heard from borrowers that without our platform, they're saving a different version of the Excel model with one loan quote, they yeah. save a different <laughs> version of it with a different quote. Oh, the quote's changed. We got to go update. And it gets messy really quickly. And then yeah. they- not easy we're trying to make that process as simple as possible simplicity and transparency are like our core values yeah so all the people bringing the money uh is all they're all financial institution any equity are you bringing any equity into the the deal in the uh, helping us raise equity as well so Stacksource does have different types of capital providers on the platform we have some of them that are banks and credit unions those so those financial institutions some are like government entities like fannie mae and freddie mac yeah Others would be private lenders. Uh, we're not actively sourcing equity for deals at this time. Uh, okay. It's interesting because you know if we're sourcing a loan quote and somebody's coming up short and there's a gap with equity, it's a, it seems like an opportunity. What we do not do is like you know try to fund a deal from the crowd and get a, a whole bunch of passive yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of people building you know equity syndication platforms. Um, it's, it's an, it's an area of interest for us, um, as we are now closing commercial financings and we're up to like over 150 commercial debt deals done equity potential expansion, but it's not something that we have, um, really taken on as a, as a core practice yet. When we do it, we want to do it. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that attitude that kind of like staying in your, your, uh, basically your core strengths and then focusing on that until you know, you have it really locked down and then expanding from that. So I, I really like that. Maybe would that be another time to talk and, and catch up? Yeah, equity? absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also equity, I mean, you want to know, I mean, on the equity, the, the private equity side or the, uh, just a partner, I mean, you kind of have to have that, that relationship and that helps a, a little bit. So from there, so from the equity partner side to, to know who the sponsor is and then for us also, who are we dealing with? What kind of, uh, you know, how, how demanding are they going to be in terms of uh, getting information or reports or stuff like that? So, so that's that's very good. Are you getting any kind of like referral fees or anything like that from these financial institutions? So, these transparent about that as well. I love that question. Uh, and so many borrowers of commercial mortgage loans don't even realize that that is possible and legal, and it happens because if you're getting a residential mortgage, there's a Consumer Protection Act. And if your mortgage lender does that, somebody's getting arrested. Um, now you flip into commercial mortgages and this happens all the time. There are kickbacks from lenders to brokers. And, and what's the problem with a broker getting a little kickback from lender? The problem is if you're telling a broker, hey, get me the best financing available on the market. And one of the lenders is saying, hey, I'll give you an extra half a point. We really want this loan. That broker no longer has an incentive to show you a better yeah. than you could get um, yeah. leads to laziness at like best and like fraud at worst. Uh, and so with our commitment to transparency, that absolutely extends to the fees. Um, mm-hmm. We do not take lender side fees, kickbacks, referrals uh, in any case, uh, except where there is no origination fee to the borrower. So mm-hmm. in that case where the Freddie Mac small balance loan is automated quote on our platform, the economics are built in to that loan already uh, that we get paid. And so we take no borrower origination fee in that case. Every other case where we're getting paid by the borrower, it's not an automated quote, we're a service, we're helping, we're helping negotiate. 
only get paid at closing upon successful close. You'll see our fee on the, on the closing table and you can rest easy. Uh, I would encourage if you have any listeners that are seeking commercial financing and many of them may, may not work with StackSource, ask that same question to your commercial yeah. mortgage broker. Yeah, yeah. And even go to the point where like, you should, you should negotiate their fee agreement and put that in as a clause that they cannot take any referral fee yield spread premium or other kickback from a lender right in there and see, uh-huh. see what they do. Yeah, see the reaction. <laughs> the reaction because it's, it's all yeah. too common in our industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good, good idea. I, re- I like that. So, all right. So then we, uh, so we picked a quote, you negotiated down. I mean, that's, that's amazing because, you know, we, uh, it's nice to have somebody that's an expert that has, uh, in negotiated many deals to kind of help us kind of find the best deal for us. And we finally select the last one and we say, we'll go for this one. And so what's, what happens uh, next? Uh, so signing a term sheet with the lender that we've negotiated that deal with um, would be the next step. Uh, and typically submitting an expense deposit. This happens in residential mortgages as well, where you put some money down in escrow for the deal. Yeah. It can be used for appraisals and environmental checks and surveys. Uh, and you actually submit that directly to a lender uh, on the commercial mortgage side. Um, and so that lender is going to ex- collect a, you know, an expense deposit that will vary based on location and, and type of building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and they're going to be going through their due diligence and closing checklist. Now, your capital advisor stays with you through the process. And our job yeah. is not done until this deal is funded, right? Yeah. Uh, that's when we get paid. Uh, so our incentive is to is to stay with you, stay with you, and make sure this goes smoothly. We are not a lender. We're never a direct lender. Uh, we are a borrower advocate, and we're a portal, and we're a marketplace. You know, we're trying to make sure that these ha- these things happen, and they happen well, uh, and we take a responsibility. But we're not the lender. So the lender is going to have a due diligence checklist. They're also going to have a credit committee. Um, no. Typically, at a at a at a private lender, this is just the one or two guys that own the, 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 uh, the private lending business and they, they give it a stamp and they say, yes, like we're moving forward this loan. If you were the bank or another financial institution, being clued into what's actually happening with the credit committee is fairly important because uh-huh. your loan officer is likely not even on that credit committee. And now he's taking that file and that term sheet you signed and he's yeah. saying, hey, I've, I've signed up a great loan. Like, aren't you guys proud of me? Those guys hopefully are proud of him because he's done his job correctly. Yeah. Lending officer says, good, you found the type of loan that we want to do, and this is appropriate. There are cases where that does not happen. And the chief lending officer or somebody else that sits on that credit committee is not proud of Mr. Loan Officer because yeah. he's trying to make a loan that they don't approve of. And that is one of the worst things that can happen if you already have hard money you know, uh, in escrow with the seller and yeah getting close to this closing timeline. And that yeah. is another area where we advocate for the borrowers. We make sure, hey, is this clear with credit committee? Usually before the term sheet is signed, but if we're in a, mm-hmm. a rush, it's like, okay, we're gonna get the deposit, we're gonna get the appraisal going, but monitoring what's happening with the credit committee, what yeah. requests for information there are, and making sure uh, that that goes through smoothly. And then if that doesn't happen, like you know, having a backup plan and then ultimately like stacks where it's like kicking off lenders off the platform that are like bad actors and borrowers are having bad experiences with uh, and showing borrowers, hey, here are other ratings from other borrowers that have used this lender. Uh, because while we're not in control of that process, we like to advocate for our borrowers in a way that makes this more certain um, that these lenders are going to do the right thing. Okay, wow. 
Sounds very, very interesting. So let's talk about how you make money. Yes. Uh, so successful closing, we take a percentage of the loan amount. And that's mm -hmm. going to be something that we talk about right up front, right? As you submit your deal and we talk about with this type of deal at this size, uh, typically 1% of the loan amount, uh, which is okay. exactly what commercial mortgage brokers have always taken. And we're trying to add more value through transparency, simplicity, and speed uh, because your, your loan's going to close more quickly with StackSource. You're going to get more quotes more quickly with StackSource. Um, so if we can do all that and save you the 41 different calls to lenders uh, to figure out who's the, the, the best in the market, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, mathematically, even if it wasn't any less work and any more speed and it is, and even if it wasn't more certainty of execution and it is, um, yeah. if we can get you a better rate, more loan proceeds, if we can negotiate a better loan, it's like already mathematically worth it to pay a one yeah, yeah, yeah. loan amount. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the cases where, you know, a borrower has a great loan quote from their local bank already, we'll usually just tell them, hey, don't let's not go through this process for the next several you know, weeks of, of getting you uh, the right loan with, our, with one of our lenders, you should just close. Um, so mm -hmm. if, our, if our fee is something that stands in the way, we'll usually be the very first ones because we won't want to waste our time either in saying yeah. we can get better financing when we can. So we're usually about 1% of the loan. Yep. will vary a little bit based on size, um, but um, that's, uh, that's how we make money. We make money when we successfully do our job for our borrowers. Okay, so you mentioned the timeline. Uh, so how, how does your timeline for from the, 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 the beginning, the initiation, all the way to funding the deal? I know that's a, kind of changed a little bit, but maybe an appropriate timeline that you can compare what, how you're performing compared to uh, typical industry average. Yeah. It'll depend a little bit on the deal type. So if we're yeah. talking about our $1 million, 12 unit, if all 12 of those units are occupied and it's got great cash flow and you really just want the the best rate non-recourse and you want to have that loan for 10 years and forget about it well within two minutes you can have an automated quote from a freddie sbl program if you decide and you chat with the capital advisor hey i'm not likely going to get a better non-recourse option that's important you're signing the term sheet extremely quickly because you have an instant quote and so that term turnaround is like several days shorter on the front end versus what you would do traditionally um if we're shopping the full market still faster than a traditional broker, but it's going to take some time because we're going to have conversations with the lenders and you're going to be yeah. at least to get all of the quotes in and make sure we don't miss somebody. Um, but it will vary if you're in a hurry, being in a hurry for a commercial deal. Commercial deals don't usually close in 30 days. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you close a house in 30 days, your blender is going to be ready. Like it's much more streamlined on that side. It doesn't yeah. usually happen. If you're in a time crunch on commercial, it's usually a bridge loan. It's usually... Yeah transitional financing i'm going to have this loan for six months or 12 or 24 months it's a higher rate and i don't care because you know i need to close quickly and i don't want to lose the deal or you know, and or like i'm you know this is a value add deal anyway i'll refinance it later um mm -hmm. bridge deals can close very quickly now you're within that 30 days fastest we've closed is about two weeks mm -hmm. uh, but um you know if you if you want the best financing with the lowest interest rate and we're talking 45 to 60 days from initial yeah. to close. Uh, yeah. And that is an industry thing. Appraisals take a long time, especially right now as we're coming out of the pandemic. Appraisals yeah. have weeks of turnaround time. That's that's the one thing that's going to be holding you up. It's not going to be, geez, I don't know what my quotes are. Mm -hmm. What's your average uh, average loan size? 
Uh, right now uh, on Stacksource, our, our average loan size to date has been uh, two and a half to $3 million. Uh, okay. We do more loans of like the less than $1 million variety than most yeah. commercial mortgage brokerages because it's just not worth their time to be doing the manual process over and over. We just yeah. do like uh, and so okay. we do a lot of loans that are less than a million, but we've also done loans of 30, our, our, our biggest loan this month was a $33 million land development deal. Uh, oh, and wow. so our, we, we do loans in like the, you know, the 10 to $50 million space as well, but our average I think is like $2.6 million today. Okay. So I have, a, we're, I have a lot of investors that they are in the single, they're building a single family portfolios and some of them are, you know, they have like 10 properties and now they're, you know, under their name, under uh, Fannie Mae. And then now they're trying to uh, get, you know, their husband or their wives is now they're putting more mortgages on their name. Yes. And uh, so they're kind of like, they're going to be tapped out pretty soon. And uh, so uh, is, is this something that you can help with in terms of uh, getting a portfolio loan for them? And what are some of the criteria for, uh, for these loans in terms of minimum value for the, uh, for the house, uh, minimum value for the, for the overall loan, debt coverage ratio, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Um, first answer, yes. Um, so we, we absolutely help investors with portfolio financings. Now, for us, like both from a licensing and an operational perspective, we don't touch portfolios of less than five doors. Um, yeah. so like if you have three duplexes, you're good, right? It doesn't have to yeah. be five properties, but we have to have five units, five doors. Yeah. Um, at that point, when you're doing a portfolio financing, there's a couple of things that are going to happen, um, you know, that your accountant would just as able to be able to tell you, but you're going to move it from your own personal name to an LLC where it's going to be owned. Yeah. And that LLC is going to be the borrower and you're going to sign the loan as a guarantor and whoever else has at least 20% ownership in that deal is also going to sign on to that loan as a guarantor. Typically, yeah. um, you now are in commercial mortgage territory. It's more, a little bit more difficult, a little bit slower, and it is a little bit more expensive than a residential mortgage. But the good thing is this is the lane we swim in and we, we advise on this. So, um, a couple of things about those loans. Um, it's not going to be a 2.5% interest rate like you're used to on, you know, if you're a conforming, if you've got a, like a 750 credit score right now, yeah. you're like a, a conforming Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, you can get rates in the twos. Not going to happen right now for portfolios. Um, we, we're not rate, getting 2.5 anymore anyway. It's probably in the <laughs> high threes into the fours. Um, yeah. If you're talking about like a more distressed or you're buying a bunch of properties at like bankruptcy auction or something, it may be in the fives. It may be mm -hmm. like, 8% if you want the most flexible portfolio loan because it's like, you know, shorter term and you're paying interest only payments. And like, if you have the most flexible, it's in the higher single digits. So that is more expensive. Um, there are prepayment penalties. It can be recourse or non-recourse. Um, so there's no such thing as a recourse, like personal consumer mortgage. If you, the worst thing that can happen is like you stop making the payments and the bank takes back the house. Um, with a portfolio deal, like if you are bankrupting every property and you're failing to manage it or something goes wrong, if you bankrupt and it's a recourse loan, they can come after your personal finances too, even after they took, yeah. off, took back the houses. So, so mm -hmm. you want to understand non-recourse is available. Uh, it is not available from your typical local bank that says they can do portfolio loans. Yeah. Um, there are some national lending partnerships we have that do non-recourse portfolio deals. 
Again, the interest rate's gonna be a little bit higher. It's gonna be in the fours uh, or something like that. Um, in certain areas, it's gonna be 25 year amortization. In certain areas, it can be 30 year amortization. Um, and, um, and it's very difficult to do this type of mortgage of, uh, of like the lowest per unit value. Uh, if you're talking about houses being worth less than $50,000 as according to an appraiser, this is not a good route to take. You should, you should be careful acquiring a large portfolio of those if you're not able to do those with residential mortgages because there's very little to any demand for the very smallest values. You start to get up, or at least, okay, at least we're over 50, you get over 75, you know, $75,000 per unit, that even better, you know, six figures now, like there's a lot of demand for that, um, okay. about, you know, 150 to 200 tons of demand, 50 below, be careful, you're probably yeah. going to have to do the residential. Yeah, 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 so, uh, yeah, okay, so we're, we're about like above 75 for sure, so for our all our properties so okay yeah. and then More doable. yeah okay so that's good so and then so oh well so that that sounds uh, very reasonable i think the uh yeah i mean and so i think we can uh if uh, we have a lot of users that are not users but investors like that that they're at that point now where they want to build a portfolio but you know they kind of uh they're kind of running out of uh, of uh, runway here. Oh, there's, so, there's no reason to do it. I mean, obviously, there's yeah. a list of ten mortgages that you can have in your name, but yeah. you're dealing with one lender now, and like you know, now you can average the income across all the properties. If one goes vacant, like that's not a problem with one lender because hey, you re refinance eight of these, one of them goes vacant, no worries. You have cash flow from the other seven, so there are yeah. good reasons to do it. Uh, I wouldn't push anybody to do it very quickly if they're on the first couple of rentals, but once you're building a portfolio, it actually starts yeah, to yeah. the world. Yeah. All right, Tim, anything? Uh, so before we wrap up, anything you want to add, you want to mention? Um, uh, again, you do not need to use StackSource's financing service where we get 1% just to take advantage of some of our tools. So I'll, I'll put that out there. We have a free okay, yeah. extension um, that essentially acts as an embedded commercial mortgage calculator that you can activate on any website. So you're looking at LoopNet for like a six unit multifamily and it's, it's not on the MLS, it's not on Zillow where there's a mortgage calculator and Zillow's is a residential calculator anyway. Maybe you are on Zillow and like you, you can activate our commercial mortgage calculator anywhere. If you go install uh, StackSource's browser extension, you can then- Oh, wow, that's nice. Options, and it tells you the cash flow of the property. So that's something wow. you never have to tell us who you are. You get some value yeah. out of that. You see the StackSource logo, maybe we'll work together someday, but you absolutely don't have to. So that's, I'll throw that out there. Free, download today, give us feedback yeah. on it, um, but feel free to use it. Wow, that's amazing. Well, Tim, lots of information. I think this this is amazing. I think this is uh, this is going to be a game changer. I think for a lot of people that are building a passive income portfolio, and also the next step for them is going to be to move into uh, commercial and multifamily uh kind of investment so i think once they start building the relationship with you and see how easy it is to work i think it's going to be uh it's going to be phenomenal growth for everybody your company and as well as my investors so thank you very much thank you for your time and uh, talk to you later tim Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martell. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.